Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's May Trexit discussion group call here for Tactical Sovereignty. And we've been covering um, on this series uh, decoding churchianity, uh, a lot of things that deal with maybe doctrines of the church. And, you know, doing just a, a short little dive into the scripture and saying, where are these doctrines listed at? Does it back up what the church is teaching? Because so far, the majority of, the, of what I found, it's not the case. Um, the, the churches have a lot of man made standards and beliefs that people have to abide by which aren't even scriptural. And one of the things that I found really when starting to research legal things and research that realm, uh, having come from a Christian background, having gone to a Christian school all my life, never went to public school, uh, probably spent at least six days, if not seven days a week in the church. You know, there was a lot of things within that that was somewhat confusing to me. But when I went and started studying the law, all of a sudden, little light bulbs started going off. And I was like, oh, that's what this scripture is referring to. Or that is where this idea came from, what it was from scripture. And some of the older writings, um, whether it was the Septuagint of the Greek or the Vulgate from the Latin, because those existed long before today's King James Bible was around. Uh, that Bible came around uh, the authorized version in what, 1611. Before that, I think, was uh, the Great Bible or the Geneva Bible. So uh, these writings what that I want to point out aren't something new. They're not a new concoction of man. A lot of these go way back. Um, you can find things from the New Testament that are in the Nagamari scriptures, and you can find things like what I'm going to cover tonight regarding your rights that are even found in the Book of the Dead. Um, at that source, it would be specifically for this evening, it would be Spell 125. And this is in reference to the Ten Commandments. You know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, I know my constitutional rights, or I, I know my God-given rights, you know. But if you ask them to point those out, they most often fall short. For starters, as far as really regarding the Constitution goes, you don't have any rights within the Constitution. Uh, you may find those within the Bill of Rights, which were amendments added later on in 1791, you know, a couple years after the ratification of the Constitution. Or if you're even looking at the claim of the God-given rights that people have. I've always found that one interesting because I hear a lot of people say it and talk about it, but nobody can point to the source of those. And in my mind, the only source that you're going to find, if it is this Christian God that you're referring to, the only source that you're going to find would be in 
the scriptures and especially the Old Testament when you're looking at the Ten Commandments. And people need to realize, though, that when you're looking at law, I've said this many times, when you're looking at laws and reading law, you have to read it forwards and backwards. You have to read it inside out. But you can't look at it from just one angle because there's many angles to it. You know, a, a law might be referencing something that someone is supposed to do or is not supposed to do. But on the flip side, you know, there's also people that would look at it who have maybe committed that offense. And so they're going to be looking at it a little bit differently. But we also have to look at not just what law says, but what it doesn't say. Uh, most often, what is not said is just as powerful and useful, if not more so, than what really is in the text. So in doing that, in practicing that, looking at the Ten Commandments, I would say that would be your source if you want to talk about your God-given rights, because they're very, very basic. I don't think it really matters what type of religion or Buddha, whatever, that somebody may be from. I don't think anybody would disagree with any of these. And they all have one common thread also on kind of a third angle that runs through them all. But I believe I've only heard maybe one man or woman reference um, this other angle, this, this third angle tool. So let's look at them briefly. Eight out of the ten are going to be thou shalt nots, is what I call it. And in those, it is that you're going to have no gods before me, uh, no graven images. Take the don't take the name of the Lord in vain, which doesn't mean swearing. Um, that, that means using him or his position to uphold what you want to believe in or something that you want to stand in. Uh, so, yeah, a cussing or something like that, that's not part of taking the Lord's name in vain. And as well with these thou shalt nots, like I said, there's eight of those. Two of these are things that you are to do. Uh, number four would be remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Number five would be honor thy father and mother. I think with those two thou shalls, you know, the things you are to do, even if those two things were followed, or even just alone, if honoring your mother and father was followed, it would eliminate a whole lot of problems in people's life. You know, providing that you were brought up by honorable parents, which I would like to believe that the majority of people have, but I know there's a lot of people that haven't. All right, now there's five other remaining commandments that are part of the shalt nots, which is thou shalt not kill. Or number seven, commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, bear false witness. Basically, it's a lie about someone else. And number 10 is thou shalt not covet. And I think... If we just followed, like, number 10, thou shalt not covet, and I say I've, I've only heard one individual ever point this out, the rest of these would all fall in place. Because what does coveting 
lead to? It leads to stealing. I mean, you first, you know, covet is the intent. And in law, anytime you're going to prove that a crime is broken, the one thing that has to be shown, it's a must, is that there's intent. And covet would be that intent. If you eliminated that from your life, which I know can be difficult, you know, and this isn't just saying, oh, I wish I had a Lamborghini or something like that. It's going out what coveting is. The coveting is wanting something in a way that you kind of start devising a way that you can make it yours, which leads to, like I said, theft, which would be the Eighth Commandment, thou shalt not steal. If we just follow that alone, the rest of these would all fall in place because the rest of them are all about stealing. Uh, you can take number one, you have no gods before me. Well, if you're directing your energy towards something else, then you are stealing your energy from your creator. Engraving images, same exact situation. All of these are a form of theft. If you're not honoring your father or mother, that must mean that you are honoring something else or someone else, which would mean you're stealing that honor that should go to mom and dad and giving it to another. Now, bear false witness. That's even stealing. What are you stealing? You're stealing the truth. You're hiding the truth from someone else. Now, I said that this is where we find our God-given rights. And maybe it doesn't quite sound like it yet. But this is part of looking at any law inside and out, forwards and backwards, and comprehending the big picture with it. Uh, number one was, have no gods before me. Well, how's that a right that you have? Your right is that there is a creator, there is a higher power, a source, whatever you want to call it, okay? And you have the right to put your energy and put your, make that your jurisdiction, put it that way. Because if you don't, then that means you're granting that jurisdiction to someone else. Looking, for instance, at thou shalt not kill. Well, how is that your right? That's your right because if you are ordered or commanded not to kill someone else, then guess what? The same command goes for them. And you also have the right to not be killed. You shall not commit adultery. That's also a right because that means that your mate shall not commit adultery against you. You have the right to have an honorable relationship. Thou shalt not steal. That's a right that you have as well. Because if you shall not steal, that means that other people shall not steal from you. If you shall not bear false witness, that's also a right. Because that means other people are not to be bearing false witness against you. You have the right to have the truth told. Same thing, like I said, with steal and the command of thou shalt not covet. That means you also have the right 
Do not have other people covet you or your things or devise a plan or a way to separate you from those other things. Interestingly, Yeshua said that, you know, he didn't come to get rid of the law or dismantle the law. He came to perfect the law. And a lot of people point to like the death on the cross as being a perfection of the law. I, I don't see it that way at all. I think what he did in his commands was kind of a mirror to your rights or the commandments in the Ten Commandments. Because Yeshua gave basically two. You know, these were the greatest of the laws, you know. That if you love him, you will keep his commandments. Well, if you don't keep his commandments, if you don't exercise the rights given to you and exercise those rights that other people have as well, then he's saying, you obviously don't love me. You don't care about me. And if you don't care about him, why should he care about you? He said, you know, at the same time, he said, oh, you know, all of these laws from the prophets hang on these two commandments. Second of which was to love your brother as yourself. And it's kind of like the golden rule, you know. Um, don't do something to somebody else that you don't want done unto you. It's the same idea. But even if those two commands were followed, you could wash like the Ten Commandments away if you wanted because you would be following all ten of those commandments if those two commands from Yeshua were given and obeyed and followed. And that is one that you shall love me and keep my commandments if you love me. Two is to love your brother as yourself. This is all very simple. And for people that don't necessarily like following scripture now, to me, that this isn't just a modern writing. You can find this information in older texts. Like I said, the Book of the Dead in Spell 125, it covers these as well. It might not lay them out 1 through 10. You know, In fact, there's 42 of them in the Book of the Dead. Uh, things that you're supposed to disavow in order to get to paradise. Say that I did not commit these things. I'm not guilty of these things. And very likely that could have been where part of the Ten Commandments came from. Whether or not you want to believe that they're given to Moshe up on a hill. Because they come from roughly the same period of time. Um, the Book of the Dead is claimed to have come around between the 16th and the 13th century B.C. Now the Ten Commandments also are claimed to have come around anywhere from between the 16th century and the 8th century B.C., which to me is a pretty wide span of time. It should have been able to be narrowed down a little easier. Uh, the, the most it's really been narrowed down to, I think, was that there was uh, the Ten Commandments uh, written on scrolls that were found, and those scrolls were dated to the 1st century A.D. But they obviously came from much older texts. Uh, it, it was written on parchment paper, which is animal skin. 
when you see parchment. I think a lot of people might think of like that thin paper that's in the Bible. Uh, no, it's parchment paper is actually animal skin because it lasted longer. So uh, these ideas come from much older texts. It's nothing new. But keep in mind, whenever you're reading law, whenever you see that you're not supposed to do something, on the flip side, others are not supposed to commit that same crime against you. When we start reading laws that way and read everything that way, kind of inside out, forwards and backwards, to get a bigger picture, um, we start seeing and having a, a fuller idea of what's being conveyed and what's being shown. I want to welcome everybody for being here this evening. Um, talk about, I will unmute mics for a second. If anybody wants to bring anything up, um, feel free. Um, otherwise, have a good evening. And like I always say, if you want to really learn where the, your true power is at, learn who you really are, where you're really at, and where you're really from. Because that's where people have been deceived. Good night, folks. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Ed. Yep. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.